You are Locked On Falcons Postcast, part of Locked On Sports Atlanta, your team every day. Hey, welcome into the Falcons Postcast. Got my guys here, Jarvis Davis and Aaron Freeman. And it is a winning Sunday right here in the bins for the Atlanta Falcons. They come back with a 21 to 19 win over the Houston, Texas, thanks to a young way, cool 37 yard field goal to end this game in regulation. Man, I got to tell you guys, first of all, this atmosphere was crazy from the start of this game to the end. But in particular, you know, Arthur Smith talks about this. We'll talk about Desert in a moment because we'll want to start with the defense. But Arthur Smith talks about how important this Falcons fan base is in this building. And I got to tell you, in that fourth quarter, you really, really saw them come alive and really almost will this team single-handedly to victory. So good to see the Falcons get back in the win column. But let's, let's face it. They did it against a Texans team that so far this season have been running up the scoreboard, 25, 31, 37, 30 points. But this Falcons defense held them to 19 today, guys. Aaron, how'd they do it? Yeah, I thought this game was going to be one where I, I really felt like the Falcons defense could slow down this Texans offense. And But you, you never know, right? You, you just you need to see it. And I was talking with Jarvis earlier in the week. It's like every game is a test. And I think the Falcons defense passed this test. Now, they did give up that score late in the game. And it was just like, you know, you, you felt your heart sink because it was like you played so great for three and a half quarters until then. Like, the I think the Texans converted two third downs on that final drive. And up yeah. till then, they were like two for 11 on third down. They were yeah. just basically, they could not get anything going, get any rhythm going. But again, this defense was outstanding. I know Jarvis wants to talk about how, you know, despite the Falcons turning the ball over a bunch in the third quarter, they gave him some favorable field position on, you know, because the offense wasn't able to move the ball and the defense just time and time again, just got stops and was forcing Houston to settle for three points. And at no point did it really look like until the very end, CJ Stroud got into a rhythm. And so it, it was nice for, you know, the Falcons rookie, to maybe get a little bit more love this week in Bijan Robinson than the, the Texans rookie. So I think that is all owed to the defense. I love that. And Jarvis, before you go there on some of the things that you like that you saw in defense, I got to go back to, to one thing that Aaron said, which is, you know, I still feel like this is a season compared to the seasons before where I wasn't, I wasn't nervous. Like, Something in me said, well, okay, the Falcons are in this thing. I think the Falcons are going to come back and win this thing. But how did you feel going into to Aaron's point when maybe the Falcons struggled a little bit in that third quarter in terms of, you know, turnover here or there or even in the fourth quarter? Did you feel like this defense could still put the offense in position to win and then they'd actually win it? Wow. Uh, to be honest <laughs> with you, I was, I was a little skeptical because I think that, you Fair. know, at some point in the fourth quarter, you start to see C.J. Stroud get a little comfortable in the pocket. Yeah. And you start yeah. seeing the tight end, Dalton Schultz, start catching pass. And I'm like, oh, here we go. Defense giving a pass to the tight end. Where, where have we seen this movie before? So it was just really start to – feelings start to bubble up in my gut. I'm just like, I don't know if I got to use the bathroom or this, or the Falcons about to lose. I just couldn't, couldn't quite decide what it was. I'm just – Inquiring minds, know. Did you go to the bathroom? Okay, but I anyway, did not. Go ahead. You know, I, I, I stuck it out. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm riding out for my people, man. I want to be here for the people, man of the people, T. So I got to be here for my folks on the post, Locked On Falcons postcast. So, but I think that, you know, all jokes aside, though, like I really yeah. like what this defense is able to do because yeah. here's the thing like, did CJ Stroud get sacked today? 
<laughs> you know, because, Jack, you know was, he was he was hunting for that hundred sack. He he was he got close a couple of times. Right. Campbell got close. Calais Campbell got really close, yes, and I think yes. that for what this defense is doing without a guy who can consistently get to the pass, get to the passer, and put him mm-hmm. on the ground. It just goes to show you, like, this secondary is playing at a much higher level than we actually are giving them credit for because yeah. you got a guy like Jeff Akula. You saw A.J. Terrell. I mean, they people started getting a little in their bag because they gave up a little, a little crossing route. Like, whatever. Like, he made the tackle. You know, that was one-on-one. He, you know, he was right there as soon as the ball, uh, ball was thrown, and he made the tackle, and he did exactly what he was supposed to do. So I think that, you know, given how – you know, this defense played, like, what, holding the four field goals. You have two turnovers in the third quarter. That's Those are momentum-changing type plays. And for them to be able to hold those guys to three points and keep their team in it. And and, and here's, what I, here's what I'm starting to really feel. I really feel like this is the identity of this team. Like, mm-hmm. the, the money that they spent on this defense is starting to come. You're getting a lot of good return on your investment early mm-hmm. on. And I think that that's the identity of this team so far. Hey, we're going to hold them until you guys figure it out on the offensive side of the football. And you saw that come to fruition t- uh, today. And I think that, you know, of course, you know, my heart and my stomach don't want to hear that, you know, but I would like for it to be for the offense to continue to, you know, progress and Ritter have a, a game like it. I know we're going to talk about Ritter in, in the next segment, but I, I think that defensively, though, you have to give them these guys credit what credit is due because, like they said, they held it down. They are are playing at an exceptional level right now, and they're probably one of the better defenses in the league as far as defending the pass when you actually start to break down those numbers and look at it closely. And, Aaron, I want to go back to something that Jarvis said as well and giving the secondary their love and giving the secondary their flowers because – Oftentimes it doesn't necessarily come with, you know, an interception, if you will. Sometimes it comes with tackles, right? Jeff Okuda, six yeah. tackles. Caden Ellis, six tackles. D. Alford, six tackles. So there are other ways to affect the game for a secondary. But to your point, when you're affecting it collectively and you can walk away with a high-powered offense like the Texans continuously holding them the field goals, that was also something that stood out to me as well. Every time they marched down the field, it seemed like, wait, wait. It's going to be a field goal or there were opportunities where there was a turnover where the defense said, okay, that's fine, but you got three downs and we're not going to let you get, we're not letting you move the chains and all we're going to do is relegate you to a field goal. I think that's one of those. And I know it's a cliche term, Aaron, but it really is to me a high end example of then don't break. Yeah, I, I think you're right. T like if this game, if Texans had scored like 28 points or whatever, like, I don't think we would even be like, hey, that's, you know, bad game for the defense because it was like the turnovers, right? Like, you expect the, the Texans to turn, you know, two fumbles in, in, in midfield into, yeah. you know, touchdowns, right? And so, like, the fact that they were able to hold this Texans team to, to 19, and you're right, it was it was a team effort. It wasn't one individual player that was, you know, making all the plays. It was just the, mm-hmm. the collective group. You saw it yeah. from Nate Landman. You saw it from Calais Campbell, Grady Jarrett, David Onyemata. Like I, really I even heard them mention Zoe Carter one time, but keep going. Yeah. And <laughs> yeah. We had a Zoe Carter sighting. Ooh, yeah. We, yes, I, I could just that. sit here and like name the like the 22 guys that were yeah. active each and every this Sunday. And like yeah. every single guy made a play. And like that is the type of defense uh, that you want to see. And I, I can't remember what play it was. I think it was like a Nate Landman tackle where uh, Ryan Nielsen was on the sideline, you know, yes. like just like going crate buck wild. And it was just like th- that energy, 
you, yeah. you felt it on this defense all day long. Definitely. And can I add that? Can I add one more piece? Like, can we just talk about the the play of Nate Landman? Yes. Because Troy Anderson, not saying that this dude was playing on a Pro Bowl level, he was playing having a solid season so far. We started to see why the Falcons drafted him. Nate Landman has just stepped in and just said, I may not be as athletic as a Troy Anderson, but you dog on you can bet your dog on money that I'm going to be where I need to be, where the defensive play is called, and and I dog on gonna make that dog on tackle if I if I'm right there uh, yeah. where I'm supposed to be. And I think that he has been playing at a just a solid. Like that's that's the only word I can come up with and actually I can use for him. He's just a solid player. He's just a solid player, and he and it's just is. It's like Troy Anderson is not even there. I know he's not there physically, but, but like yeah. we don't, we're not saying, dang, man, we miss Troy Anderson. Ooh, ooh man, what was this dude at? Nate right. Lambin is, is, is filling in really nicely. And you understand why the Falcons held on to him and they, and they cut um, uh, Michael Walker. Yeah, and th- it's interesting because that's the exact word I used when I wrote when I was writing up my notes for the postcast. Right, L- Nate mm-hmm. Lambert is solid. That's the exact right. thing I said, yeah. and particularly like what I saw when he got right there. This was at the end of a play, very early in the game, right? And he forces C.J. Stroud to stay in the pocket and really, but be uncomfortable in the pocket. He forces a throw, and then we know what happened for the rest of that series that essentially effectively ended that series. So yeah, love what we see out of those guys. And it's always good to freeze point to be able to go up and down the 11, if not the 14 or 15 to be able to say, Hey, this defense looked good top to bottom. So we'll talk more about it. We're going to actually switch to the offense side and give them some flowers in a few minutes. But before we do that, in case you guys didn't do the right thing and betting on this Falcons Texans game, Jarvis and FanDuel will tell you kind of how you can reset yourself with what FanDuel tells you to do. Listen up, people. Jarvis Davis here for FanDuel. If you have not done, gone to FanDuel.com. What the heck are you waiting on? I need you to go there right now because FanDuel is the number one sports book in America. Guess what? For all the new customers, they have a very special. We have a very special deal just for you. All you got to do is go to the website. New customers are going to get $200 in bonus bets. Guaranteed when you place a $5 bet, that's $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. What are you waiting on? That is an amazing deal. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. Guess what? If you would have took the Falcons with that one and a half point spread, they they barely covered, but they covered. That, would, that bad boy would have cashed out. And guess what? You don't have to worry about anybody getting all your information. It's a safe, secure app. It's super easy to use. All of that stuff, I'm telling you, all you got to do is just go to FanDuel.com right now. So here we go. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and kick off the NFL season with FanDuel because it is the official sportsbook betting partner of the NFL. All right, guys. So let's talk about the quarterback who is perfect today, Drake London. Okay? Perfect. I'm joking. I'm joking. Oh, 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 oh. What? So, I will. Did he give out the Ten Commandments today? Is he Moses? You know, I know. If, if Bijan is walk on water, like is, 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 is Desmond Ritter Moses? He does. Like, oh, he's like about 35. No, I was about that Drake <laughs> London pass, man. That was nice. That was nice. Yeah, you was. Know, it, that was. It was. What I liked about it was we talk about the Falcons taking the opportunity of the weapons that they have, but you can take the take advantage of the opportunity to use your weapons however you want to, right? We say the same thing with Bijan. It doesn't matter whether he does it with his legs or whether he's catching ball. Look, just get in the end zone, which we saw today. But also, 
if you got a little trickery up your sleeve early on and you want to use Drake London and it works in your favor, then, you know, I'm all for it. But guys, there are two players that I want to talk about in particular, because you already know we're going to talk Bijan, but let's just go ahead and talk about Desmond Ritter because I literally tweeted out at some point, like, Maybe the Falcons should just not have any more road games because what we saw out of Des Ritter. Let's just stay home. Let's, let's someone just... joke with me that like they should start Ritter at home and start Taylor Heineke on the road. <laughs> Maybe facts, man. Maybe facts. Because what we saw out of Des Ritter today, like nine was on one from minute one, 28 of 37, 329 yards and a touchdown. Really, I would say for me, that was probably I'll say his more his most complete game of the season. Really, really like what I saw out of him. Even sometimes, guys, there was this one play in particular in the first half and definitely want to hear from you guys about what impressed you about Des. But he rolls out and just a few seconds did he you know, he just needed a few seconds to make sure that he actually made the right read, got it to the to the uh the, the receiver, I think that was John Smith, but anyway, got it to the receiver and they're able to move the chains. But for me, it wasn't so much just about moving the chains. It was the decision-making. It was the patience. It was seeing like, Hey, if I just roll out and give this a few seconds, let my pass catcher get open. We can actually do something in this play. I saw good decision-making from Desreter that I really liked today. I agree. I agree. I, I think this was you're like, you're not going to sit here and be like, Oh man, Desmond, Desmond Ritter was the best quarterback I've ever seen. But this, right. I think, this was a good game for Desmond Ritter. He when when he needed to check the ball down and get the balls yes. into the hands of players like Jonu Smith and Michael Pruitt and Bijan Robinson and let those guys make plays after the catch, he did that. When he needed to make throws down the field into tight windows, some back shoulder throws, yeah. you know, hitting Kyle Pitts yeah. on, on a, a lot, you know, like Drake London came alive in the fourth quarter. It was really Kyle Pitts, really kind of the offense was running through him, at least the passing game through the first three quarters. To me, this was the type of game that I wanted to see from the Falcons. Desmond Ritter being a point guard and distributing the ball. I think 10 different players had catches uh, on this Sunday. And so, like, it it was to me, as you said, like, I think it's the most complete Desmond Ritter game that he had. He wasn't by any means perfect. But, like, this is, like, playing clean, managing the game, distributing the football, making good decisions, using his legs. Like, he checked all the boxes that you wanted to see from him. And it was Nice to see him put together, like, at the end of the game. I think this perfectly summarizes it. Like, I'm sitting there nervous. <laughs> I'm being honest. Like, I don't think they're going to score after the defense gives up that touchdown. I'm just like, okay, here we go, right? And mm-hmm. they come out, and they just check the ball down. Just check the ball down. Just take the four yards, take the four yards, take what the defense gives you. And they were able to move the chains, and then he hit Drake Lennon that big sort of, uh, I think it was a dagger concept uh, on a dig for 23 yards to get in the field goal range. And, like, that to me was just like, that embodies everything I want to see Desmond Ritter do in his offense. Just take what the defense gives yeah. you. With you and then yeah. occasionally yeah. we're going to need you to make a big throw. And he made the big throw. And to yeah. add to that, like, mm-hmm. let's just look at, look at this. I was just looking at some of the, the, the stats from the game. Like when you think about B. John Robinson had 14 carries, 46 yards, 3.3 yards a pop. Tyler Algier, 17 carries for 40 yards, 2.4 yards a pop. Yeah. The Falcons are supposed to lose this game. Yeah. Because, you know, when you think about <laughs> Ritter threw the ball 37 times. Yeah. Like nobody expects De- the Falcons to win games by Desmond Ritter throwing the ball that many times. Like, ideal is 20, 25 to 28 
throws a game, and you I'm talking about you have multiple backs running for rushing for 100 yards, and and Bijan Bijan Robinson combining for 125 yards, passing and um, um, rushing the ball, rushing the ball. So I think like we have to give Desmond Ritter his credit. Well, credit credit is what credits do. Like the guy made all the throws necessary throws, and then. Another thing that I, you know, like is looking at the stat line and that in the game as well, like the way he was throwing the ball to Kyle Pitts, like he was gave him yeah. opportunities to to catch the rock. There was some where he had to kind of go up and go get, but there mm-hmm. was some where he threw it to where to keep Kyle Pitts out of trouble. You know what I'm saying? Like leading to water, like T, like we talked about last night with Carson Beck and how he was throwing the rock to uh, Brock Bowers and, and uh, uh, Lad McConkey and all those guys. It's just the, it's the same thing. Like lead your guys to safe to safety, right? Like mm-hmm. don't don't set your guys up because they're gonna be looking at you crazy when you come back to the hood. I'm like, hey man, why you set me up like that? So I think that for Desmond Ritter to not only play the way he did, take every take take what the defense gave him, all that stuff. I really feel like the ball placement was was a big thing, a big factor for me today to just be able to see, and then that connection with Kyle Pitts and yeah. how you know Kyle Pitts was lined up in the slot. Like a tight end, he was throwing the ball to him. Like a tight end, and I think that you know, I, I know that it's a, I can, I'm oversimplifying it almost, but it just from a football standpoint, it just really seems like there was a, a lot of good chemistry there. You saw Kyle Pitts kind of laughing on the sidelines. It was just like it was some, some really good vibes, and I think that you know those good vibes kind of translate on the field for sure. Yeah, I would say so, and I think. Like you said, with Ritter placing the ball exactly where it needed to be, that's how you get 10 pass catchers to actually get at least one reception in the game. Could have had 11, to be honest. He at least targeted 11. But then going back to Kyle Pitts as well, seven receptions, 11 targets, 87 yards. I like that stat line free because I think it speaks to maybe we kind of saw a little bit of a rhythm. That's coming. And I know we all talked about the nine to five connect, the nine to five connect earlier in the year, but man, the nine to eight connect was a good look today. It was a good look today too. Yeah, definitely. Like, you know, I, Drake London really didn't do much in the first three quarters of this game. Right. right? But he, <laughs> he came through at the end. So yeah. like, no, no, no shade just, at him. Yeah. Uh, that yeah. nine to five connect was there in the fourth quarter when the Falcons needed it to be. Yes. But like, as I said, like it, it did feel like, you know, this, you know, this was the game that Desmond Ritter needed. This is the game that Kyle Pitts needed as well. Yeah. Because yeah. there's been a lot of talk all season long about where's Kyle Pitts and, you know, should the Falcons trade Kyle Pitts and is he going to want out of Atlanta? And it was just like, like, this was the this was the game that he really needed. Desmond Ritter needed this game. Everybody needed this game. Again, you look at the scoreboard and you say 21 points. Like, you know, how, how good is the – like, you know, Jarvis talking about the run game, you know, was very up and down all game long. Bijan would bust off a, a long run and then they lose like three yards on the next carry. You know, Algier yep. would bust off a long run and then they, and so like it was just up and down all day long. Mm-hmm. But like to me, what I liked about the offense in this game is that they, you saw them start to spread the field a little bit more, right? You saw mm-hmm. a lot more three wide receiver sets like Scotty Miller getting mm-hmm. touches. It's like, oh, yeah, my we God. got Scotty Miller Scotty Miller's on the team. Yes. It's like, yes. oh, there's Kadero Hodge, you know? Oh, Oh, Michael yeah. Pruitt, nice to see you. I haven't seen you since the end of last season. Like I, you know, so like I like this offense of the Falcons, you know, spreading the ball around, you know, taking shots down the field, taking the check down, using like reverses, and, and then again the Drake London pass on the reverse pass to John o. Smith. Just like this is what this offense was built to be. Get the ball into the hands of your playmakers and let them go make plays. And we saw that again, it's not perfect yet. But, like, mm. this is something I think this team can build off of for the rest of the season. Yeah, I would agree as well because – and we talked about this 
as it relates to the defense and money spent on the defense and additions to the defensive side of the ball. But I think when you look at John o. Smith, how about that is one of the, I guess, one of the best additions on the offensive side of the ball as well, because for him, for me, it's, you know, he may not get into the end zone, if you will, that that may not be the thing that he does, but it seems like every time the Falcons are either moving the chains or in position for a third and short, Jonu Smith is somewhere in the mix. So yeah, I, I do like when you get to see, especially when we know what Arthur Smith likes as far as his tight ends, if you will. And the one guy who we thought would be that guy is actually delivering. Yeah. I, I think that, John Luke Smith is the perfect guy for this offense, right? Because yeah, yeah. he's not a guy that you have to, you know, call plays for mm-hmm. because you have a Bijan Robinson, a Drake London, a Kyle Pitts. You know, coming into games, defensive coordinators are looking at those guys and saying, you know, they're going to try to get these guys the football. Right. And they're not worried about 81. They're not worried about 85 and Michael Pruitt. Those are the guys that, hey, you're going to be open. So you got to be able to take take advantage of that. And, of course, you know, I would prefer John New Smith not to, you know, I get, you know, trying to fight for extra yards, but hold on to the football, sir. Well, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. just hold on to the rock. Yeah, hold on to the rock, you know, because you don't need to be fumbling on back-to-back drives. Like, that's not, that doesn't need to happen again, ever, you know, um, right. because, like I said, the defense, you know, thankfully the defense way, but a hold, hold, hold them to three points, but – but I think that John o. Smith is is the perfect fit for this offense. And I think Arthur Smith knew what he was doing when he brought it, brought him in because he understands. And I'm sure Arthur Smith was very blunt and honest with him. Say, hey, man, here's what here's what your role will be. You want to come play here? John o. said, cool. Uh, because, you know, and New England didn't work out for him. It didn't quite work out for him. So I think that for him to come in and do do what he's doing right now, I think, you know, it's it's a I think it speaks to what the vision that Arthur Smith has for his offense and bringing in guys to that, that can fit that scheme. And like, like Aaron said, this is what it, this offense is supposed to look like. And I think that this was a, a painted a perfect picture today um, along with, you know, the, the play of the defense as well. Yeah, I, I would agree. I think that, you know, coming off the two losses, right. And just kind of the abysmal performance that we saw last week, it really, really, kind of made you wonder which was the identity of the Falcons, the, the two and O Falcons or the, the O and two Falcons. And I would venture to say that this game makes me feel more confident and comfortable that the Falcons we saw in those first two games in the wins and is, and what we saw today, that's the collective identity of what this Falcons team is because admittedly the Texans are a pretty surprisingly solid, but a solid team nonetheless. So when we come back guys, even if it was as good as it was, there's always an opportunity or an area for improvement. So we're definitely going to talk about that part on the other side. All right, guys. So definitely we know we kind of talked about it a moment ago and that was uh, John U. Smith, you know, had a little bit of some, some hiccups outside of the good things that he did today, but Hey, there's always room for improvement and room for opportunity to get better. So on both sides of the ball, let's start on offense, right? Where could you, did you guys see an opportunity? And I think for me, one of the opportunities is to be able to continue to be able to at least get back to the run game, because I thought to myself, I said, now, don't get me wrong. I like the fact that Desmond Ritter was effective, but I go back to, I don't think I want Des thrown 37 times 
in a game, if at all possible. So that's probably one area where I kind of want to see them get back to norm. I don't even know if I'd call it an improvement, but maybe that's one area. I have something else, but I'm going to hold it for a second because I want to get you guys reaction first to where you want to see them improve. And then I want to throw something out at. Well, for me, it, it was a sloppy day on offense, right? The two fumbles, you had a Drew Dolman penalty, an unnecessary roughness for clearing a pile that basically took three points off the board in yeah. the first half. And, and, and if not for, you know, the heroics at the end of the game, mm-hmm. I think we would have been on this podcast and on this postcast talking about, hey, the defense was great until the very end. And then the offense, it wasn't Desmond Ritter's fault. It was other players kind of letting this team down and, and other guys making some of the mental errors with the fumbles and the lack of ball security. And like, those are things that I think this team needs to claim because that's something that this team did not do a lot of. They were like the least penalized team in the, in the league last year. They did yes. not turn the ball over. I mean, they did turn the ball over some, but like, it wasn't, you know, it, it felt like it was more the quarterback uh, than uh, necessarily other players making those mistakes. So mm-hmm. it's, it, those seemed uncharacteristic mistakes for this Falcon team. And I think if they can clean up some of that stuff, get back to playing clean, consistent, reliable football, mm-hmm. then it will be able to put this team in a better situation where they don't have to dig themselves out of a hole where it's a third and 15. And it's like, you know, this team is not built to convert those type of opportunities. Like they need to be in third and one and third and two and that, that type of stuff. So yeah. like, I think that's probably the main thing for me that I, I want to see get cleaned up in future weeks. Yeah. How about you? And- and for me, I think, T, I, you have to – it starts up front, right? Because I think that, you know, overall, the offensive line and pass pro, like, they they played a heck of a game today. Like, I yeah. got to give them to that. Yeah. But I think that, you know, like, can we put those two performances together? Like, can we have a good day as far as running the ball and uh-huh. pass, pass protection? Like, can we put yes. those two games together? Like, and so we don't have to, you know, count on our, you know, basically uh, first-year uh, quarterback – to throw the ball 37 times. Like, I don't like those n- numbers. Like, I feel like the more you throw – Ritter throws the football, the more there's an p- opportunity for him to make a mistake. But, like I said, that didn't happen today. I think right. we had, like, one ball that could be considered, a, uh, you know, a, a, a trouble ball, so, uh-huh. so to speak, as I like to refer to him as. But I think that, you know, the offensive line coming out and establishing himself because to start this game, that Texans defensive front – Look like it. They made it look like, seem like it was going to be a long day for that offensive line because Will Anderson and and Green, uh, Jonathan Green, Green, Greenwood or Greener, whatever his name is, like those guys were coming off the ball. I'm talking about yeah. getting upfield. You know, like, I'm talking about putting the running back down on the on the ground for minus three, minus four, and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So I think that, but it seems like they as the game went along, they started to get a little bit better. But I want this offensive line to get off to a better start as far as what they do best. Because, hey, yeah. this is – coming into the season, we said that this was probably one of the best running blocking team offensive lines in the NFL. So I want to see that from snap one, mm-hmm. you know, establishing yourselves and saying, hey, we're about to lean on you for, yeah. for four quarters and there's nothing you can do about it. And I think that once we start to see that, that's when I feel like this offense can take it to another level. So, yeah, that's what I want to see. I want to see the offensive line get off to a really good start. Yeah, yeah. And get off to a good start and remain consistent, whether it's run protection or pass protection. Now, don't get us wrong. We smiled when we saw zero for sacks for <laughs> against the Falcons today. So, listen, yeah, yeah, that, that's <laughs> right. that speaks yes. volumes because nobody wants to see the quarterback, 
you know, on his back, if you will. So I think that was a positive. But to your point, just being able to see, bring it both together in the same game. I think that's where we want to see that. Now, on the defensive side of the side of the ball, admittedly, one of the things that we joked about was some sightings of some folks whom we hadn't heard a peep out of, hadn't seen a peep out of. And so we jokingly said, okay, we think we heard Lorenzo Carter's name. We think we had a Lorenzo Carter sighting, but what are some of the ways or some of the players you want to see maybe step it up again next weekend when the Falcons get set to take on the commanders? Yeah, I mean, I I don't have a lot to say in the negative about the defense. Again, I think there's a certain things that they can clean up, right? Like Jarvis said, the tight end position. I'm like, okay, can we can we not get beat by tight ends? Uh, you know, like, yeah, it felt like that's an old Falcon thing, right? Um, but yeah, I, you know, I think the main thing with the defense, like the two things that are leaving me a little wanting more is the pressure getting more of a pass rush going. Yeah. Um, but that's kind of been the story this season. And so like, I'm just kind of making peace with, okay, well, they'll just lock down in the secondary and we'll just play, we'll play that style. Yeah. I feel like they've given up a couple of big plays the last couple of weeks in through the air. Um, and I think some of that is owed to not always having that reliable pressure to, to where, you know, a guy like Stroud or Trevor Lawrence can kind of break out of the pocket and mm-hmm. heave up a pass downfield to some unknown tight end, Tegan Quitoriano and whatnot. <laughs> um, and I think like those are the types of plays that like, I feel like those two kind of things kind of go hand in hand. Like if the f- pass rush can be a little bit better, you're not mm-hmm. getting those second chance opportunities. And therefore you're not giving up some of those big plays because you can't really ask the secondary to cover for six seconds and, and, and expect them to get a stop. So I feel like those are the two things that if, if the defense can start getting, getting the quarterback on the ground and limiting some of those explosive plays, then you know, we can really start to have a conversation about, you know, this, this defense might be like a legit, you know, top 10 caliber defense like i know they're, they're top 10 in like certain metrics but like, mm-hmm. i wouldn't call them like on the level of like a dallas or san francisco or, or or philadelphia mostly because those teams can pressure the quarterback yeah. and like once the falcons can get there like that becomes okay now this is a real defense that can go toe-to-toe with some of the better ones in the nfl yeah because you you like the fact that they get in the neighborhood, but we would like them to ring the doorbell and get home every now and again. (laughs) And I think the one thing that I'd like to see uh, maybe is them get back into the turnover column, just getting back to forcing turnovers, because then ultimately that allows you to flip the field a bit more and give your offense a short field in most instances. So, yeah, I think uh, Jarvis, you want to say anything in terms of improvements for the defense as we wrap up? Yeah. I need Jordan base to play better. Period. Yeah, I'm just saying. I'm just, yeah, I'm just being, I'm just being petty. Like, you see how Aaron is looking right now? Like, that that was the reason why I said that. But no, but seriously, though, yeah, man. Like, oh, yeah, man, the man's playing like a, he's playing like a pro bowler, uh, Aaron. Like, he's playing like a pro bowler. Yeah, you call him Jordan Bates again. Was that another slip, Jarvis? <laughs> did I just, did I just, well, I, thought you meant that, I thought you were being petty. You said Jordan. I thought you were being petty. Like, I don't know why I want to call this man Jordan. I don't know. Like, I'm sorry. Jesse, call him Jesse. Sorry, Jesse. Sorry. Yeah, I'm going to start just calling you the third. I'm just calling you the third. Third. His name is third from now on. Like, I remember that that one. Third third base. Third base. That's what I'm going to call him. Yeah, third base. That's your name. I'm going to call you. Don't get mad at me. Jarvis. No baseball references whatsoever. We will not trigger on this happy day. Okay? That's where we're sitting. But yeah. Third base. That's great, right? 
Nope, nope, no baseball references. Not today. Trigger. Anyway, Jesse Bay, shout out to you because you did get your three tackles on and you got your one pass defense. And more importantly, the Falcons walk away from this game. 21-19 winners. They improved to three and two on the season. So listen, we appreciate you guys stopping by the Falcons postcast. And of course, we got so much for you on Locked On Sports Atlanta. In fact, why don't you just come by tomorrow for the Atlanta football party where Jarvis, Aaron and our girl Tori McElhaney will break down every aspect of this Falcons win over the Texans. Thanks again. Be safe out in them ATL streets. Don't party too much. We'll see you next time.